Now you're most welcome back to the second hour of Down to Business. Bobby here with you all the way till 12 o'clock this morning. This is the show that talks to the most interesting people in Irish business. You can text us here at the station, 53106, it'll only cost you 30 cent. Low call me, 1-890-453106, or email me at downtobusiness at newstalk.com. I'm also open on Twitter, at Bobby Kerr. Please use the hashtag BobbyMeansBiz. Still to come in this next hour, we'll be turning the tables on the restaurant reviewers and discover the sometimes secretive world of the restaurant critic in this week's industry review. And as healthcare in the home continues to thrive, the CEO of Bluebird Care, he'll be in our executive chair a bit later on. Now, who will fill the void now that Paddy Cosgrave has, and his web summit has left our shores? My next guest might just be the man, and he's launched a new conference for startups, the Start Summit. It aims to give aspiring entrepreneurs everything they need to know when starting out. Jamie White, founder and host of the Start Summit, you're very welcome to Down to Business. Bobby, thank you. What an introduction. Thank there you very you much. Yeah, yeah, I know. I hope Paddy Cosgrave is listening and he's not trembling in his boots, but there we have it. Oh, no, no, no. He, to be honest, I have to be very transparent. He's such an inspiration in this space when it comes to events. So, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Following in his, his footsteps is something else. Okay, so let's talk about some of the facts uh, behind this, Jamie. Um, we're in, in Ireland, we're the... Dublin is voted the third best city of, for innovation in the world. And uh, we've got more venture capital funding per capita than any other European country. Is that the case? Look, to be, con- to be completely honest, when it comes to events and when it comes to, so- to a market, I just really play from my own experience. And when it comes to looking at startups in Ireland, I think there's a, very, there's a lot of encouragement for people to get started and get stuck into business. But I think a lot of people, maybe a little bit over-enthusiastically, get stuck in and find, them, uh, find themselves maybe a little bit out of their depth. Um, I think that stage when people get stuck into business can be very, very intimidating. So what I wanted to do with this event was hopefully help those um, that have found themselves launched into business uh, to get them moving from there. I just think I think that starting point can be really, really, really challenging. And it's at that point that an event like this can be of real help and real support to individuals. Okay, we, we, we'll talk about the, the detail of the event in a second. But your own experience, Jamie, uh, you developed uh, and built up and sold the collegetimes.com and Teen Times. So you were in the publication business while you were at college, is that right? Yeah, I was indeed. I, my first kind of start in business came in events. Um, I used to host club nights um, and I went as far as hosting 30 nights a week uh, to averages of about 20,000 students every week. And then while I was hosting all those nights, I thought, God, they're all out. They're going to these nights, they're enjoying them. Um, but there isn't, in effect, a kind of a college newspaper or an online magazine for them. And so I launched myself into first college times and then teen times, which were effectively online magazines for college students and teenagers. And did you get out the right side of those? Yeah, like an amazing journey. You know, we they took off fantastically well at the start. Then we hit a couple of obstacles, a couple of issues, maybe underappreciated wholly and totally what we'd got ourselves into. Um, but thankfully, I was able to sell on and move on, which was fantastic. Okay. And just when you talk about the Start Summit that you're going to be hosting now on uh, on the 15th of September, which is next Saturday, um, why should somebody go or who would go uh, and the reasons they might go? So in putting this event together, I basically built it out as the event I wish was there for me when I was starting off. And so the ideal kind of target market is somebody that has a business idea, but doesn't necessarily know how to get started or who has gotten started, but 
doesn't necessarily know how to move forward from where they are. I think a lot of people find themselves starting off in business and kind of a little bit muddled in terms of how to progress from yeah. that initially exciting starting off point. So that's our target uh, audience. And we kind of complement that audience in four key kind of places. So there's a very strong education piece covering the very fundamentals you need to know when starting off in business. Um, there's a very kind of complementing space in terms of introducing startup entrepreneurs to the partners they need to work with. So the likes of Mason, Hayes and Curran that we've partnered with on a legal side that works with individuals starting off legally. Um, or else the likes of Accountant Online who would work with people helping them obviously form and then with their accounts and their taxation going okay. forward. Um, you you also have some interesting uh, panel discussions and indeed speakers. I see Pat Phelan uh, from, from formerly of Trustev is there. You've got Pat Nolan involved in the uh, the foundation of Hostel World, uh, which is yeah. they're all. A few big hitters in there. Yeah, w- what I wanted to do was I wanted to bring in people that don't uh, don't really sugarcoat things when it comes to business. They'll just tell you how tell you it how it is. One of the big problems I think of business at the moment is that it's become very celebritized. You have a lot of people really not fully knowing what they're getting themselves into. And so, what I really like about guys like Ray Nolan, or Pat Phelan, or Bobby Healy or Dan Kiley, is that they don't sugarcoat things. When they tell them they tell uh, the, their business story, they tell it exactly how it is. Um, but, you know, to compliment them, we've also, we've got three uh, Irish Forbes 30 under 30s, which is really fantastic. And Aveen from Food Cloud, uh, Alva from Izzy Wheels. Okay. And, sorry, I'm doing a lot of no, name dropping okay. here. No, that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we'll allow you once. But listen, so just finally then, it's on next Saturday. It's on the 15th. If somebody wanted to go so who was interested maybe in a startup or finding out more, what would they do? So if someone wants to go, they can either link in with me on social media by just typing in Jamie White or else going directly to the website, www.thestartsummit.com. Okay. Jamie, we wish you every success with it and no doubt we'll be talking to you again. Thank you. Now, a scathing review can shut the doors, while a glowing restaurant critics report can sometimes carry a place reputationally for a good nine months to a year. For this week's industry review, we're all about the business of food critics. I'm delighted to be joined by three professional food reviewers in studio. We've Tom Dorley from the Irish Daily Mail, Julian Nellis from the Sunday Business Post, and Katie McGuinness from the Irish Independent Weekend Magazine. You're all mo- most welcome to the programme. And can I preface uh, this little chat by a, 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 a stage discussion that I saw all three of you partake in at the Dawkey Lobster Festival where I was in the audience and I thought to myself, do you know what? The listeners would love to hear about what these guys do and how it all works. So thank you, one and all, for coming in. Tom, we'll start with you, if we might. Mm-hmm. Um, a chef trains for four years in DIT. He might have an apprenticeship for another two or three. What qualifications does a food critic have? Qualifications is probably not the right word. I think they need to be able to write, which is a rare enough quality these days. <laughs> uh, they need a deep knowledge of food and the background of food, the culture of food, the history of food. They need to have a functioning set of taste buds, and they need experience. Right. Uh, they need to be to be to be widely dined, so to speak. They 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 need to have eaten eaten with a. a, a I suppose you'd call it an eclectic palate. But you kind of pull all of those things together uh, to to produce the skill set. I suppose we should talk about skill set rather than qualifications. I dread to think what would happen if 
some uh, third level college decided to offer, uh, you know, a, a BA in food criticism, the mind boggles as to what would come out. Well, of that. would it be such a bad thing? Because it might differentiate you guys from the bloggers and all that. Uh, in, ter- I, in terms of, of, I, of absolutely well, like I, formalizing it? I, I think Katie and Gillian would probably agree with me in that we differentiate ourselves pretty pretty clearly fl- from the bloggers on a weekly basis. So uh, I don't think we need a degree for that. An honorary doctorate would be lovely, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, can I ask you the same question, if I may? Uh, is, it a, is it experience, a good palate and the ability to write? Is that all you need? Uh, yeah, I think those are the essential elements. I think the writing is absolutely key. Um, and I think, you know, writing about restaurants is difficult. Is different to other forms of food writing as well because I think uh, when you're writing about a restaurant, you're writing it about an experience. And uh, you can have a great experience in a restaurant where the food hasn't necessarily been the best in the world. But you can also have a terrible experience in a restaurant where the food has been you know, flawless uh, by the book or whatever. And I think you have to be able to differentiate between those things because, you know, the reason people go out to restaurants is usually to have a good time, to be with their friends and family and socialise and so on. And I I think all the, you know, there are so many other elements uh, that go to determine whether a restaurant is successful or not other than the food. And I think it's important to be able to assess all of those. Uh, Gillian Ellis from the Sunday Business Post. Uh, How did you get into the business? Uh, By pure accident. And I've always been very open about the fact that I am possibly the world's worst cook. And I know this is something that can drive some chefs mad about restaurant critics, you know, because we haven't been at the trenches, so to speak, in terms of cooking. So I suppose my my day job in the paper obviously involves going out and meeting a lot of business people, interviewing them and talking to them. And especially during the downturn, there were so many fantastic food businesses uh, developing. So I got to meet a lot of different people and just, I suppose, became interested in, in it as a sector. And then, I suppose, in true small company fashion, when the previous incumbent left, I said, okay, well, I'll fill in for a couple of weeks. And I think that was about four years ago. But I really enjoyed it. But as I said, I've always been very open. I have waitressed extensively, but I am am absolutely not the person to come to my house for dinner. Tom, what about the responsibility that you hold 